Winning with money is very essential now, right? And in this class, we're going to, or this lesson today, we're going to talk about your personal finance, right? And so let's go to number one. It says the problem with anyone's money is the what? The problem with anyone's money is the person in the what? Mirror. Mirror. Why is that essential? You control your money. Right now, inside of you are habits that will either hurt your money or help your money or become helpful for you in making money or hurtful. That's why it's important to say, okay, when I look in that mirror, the person that I see, how good is that person with money? Think about that. Go ahead, go ahead. Can we write it in the book? Yeah, yeah, the book's yours. Yeah, you can write it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the problem with anyone's money is the person in the mirror. Number two, it's hard to be disciplined. And have what? Self-control. Why is it hard to be disciplined? What are some things that makes discipline difficult? Distractions. Why distractions? Because it's like, it feels better to do something that you want to do instead of like something you have to. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Chess. Um, I'll say, like, um, even if, let's just say, like, you have a million dollars and you said you're not going to spend anything this week and then... You're working and then you're off working and then you see this ad that says that you need to get this new pair of shoes. Yeah. You're battling with the flesh and spirit. Like, oh, should I buy it? Should I not buy it? That. Yeah. Successful people are people who are able to delay today's gratification for tomorrow's success. Discipline says I would rather delay eating this chocolate chip cookie or delay um, this spending to ensure that I have a good ending with my finances and extending so that my money can then extend to other people as well. So the problem with anyone, anyone's money is the person in the mirror. Number two, it's hard to be disciplined and have self-control. We are surrounded by distractions financially, right? There's plenty of people that you heard, no matter what league you look at, NFL, NHL, NBA, how many people went bankrupt after many days? Not, they say, I don't forgot what the percentage is, that most people who get into these leagues end up not having much money. Mike Tyson made over half a billion dollars and barely worth 20 million now. No knock to him, but he would even tell you that he made all that money and lost all that money because of his entourage, because of his spending. So right now you can only go as far as your habits. You are the sum total of what you habitually do. And you have to look at your habits and say, are my habits that I'm practicing right now, will they hinder my money or help my money? So I have to have self-control. I got to have financial vision. I got to be able to say, hey, man, in order for me to have this big house on a big hill or this compound with multiple houses, in order for me to be uh, uh, to travel whenever I want, um, to do what I love for however long I want to do it, I got to make sacrifices today. What sacrifices do you have to make today to ensure you have money over many days? Those are things you got to start thinking about when it comes to what we see here. Personal finance. See, my financial habits may not be yours because my money's my money. How I spend it, how I do whatever I do with it is me. It is based upon how I'm wired personality wise and it's how I'm wired through practice. What do I do on a day to day that can hinder my money? Now, number three, self-control is what? Emotional. Emotional maturity. That means I have to reach a place emotionally where I have nothing attached to my emotions. What are some triggers that can trigger someone emotionally to spend unnecessarily? Influence. Influence, yep. 
How does one's influence become a trigger to affect how they spend? Like, if they see somebody that has something and they're like, dang, I really want that. Or yeah. They just like, um, if they're like talking to one of their friends and their friend is like, I just bought this, this, and this. Yeah. And it's like, well, dang, now I feel like I have to buy something. Yeah. So it's like just unnecessary spending just because you see something or hear something. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, um, like emotional, like even those like those commercials where they had like those um, adopt dogs. Yeah. Where they have like they got the um, little sad music. Yeah. The yeah. Sad music. <laughs> it's like, and I always see it because it's like, okay, if I do that, what would the animal do to me? Yeah. It's, it's not benefiting me. So, but other people be like, oh, I need to buy it. Let me just go and get adopt, and I'm like. And they're not even able to be responsible of the dog. It happens all the time. And one thing, the reason why people fall into influences is because of what? It's another I word. Mm -mm. Close, though. Another I word. Yes. Uh-uh. Close, though. All those are good, but it... Say it again. Uh-uh. Is it close? Yeah, yeah. All y'all are pretty close. Interest? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's insecurities. Oh. I know. <laughs> insecurity. What's insecurity? When you are not like confident. Yeah. Well, you're not confident. So the reason why people are easily influenced is because they're not secured on the inside. There's insecurities. So all of a sudden, now I got to keep up with the Joneses, or now I got to keep up with that person. And and emotional maturity says, I don't have to have the latest shoes right now. I don't have to have the latest clothes right now. I'd rather go to Target and buy $9 shirts or Walmart, buy $6 shirts, buy some nice clothes because clothes is clothes. Car is car. A Bentley, a Bugatti can get you to A to B just like a Toyota Camry or a bicycle. Or guess what? What was you given when you was born? Two feet. (laughs) Right? Transportation, transportation. So a person who has emotional maturity can say, even if I can afford... A better car. Do I have to use that money for that car or can I invest it? So emotional maturity says I'm able to deny or delay today's gratification for tomorrow's success. So self-control is emotional maturity. Mature people are people who can manage. So you got to look at yourself and say, how mature am I with my money? And the fruit of that is the management of that money. Number four, you can make the what you want to make in America today. The life. One thing I like what he said that I wrote down in my notes is the game is not rigged. Don't use your skin color as an excuse. Don't use the demographic, the place that you was brought up as an excuse. You can make as much money as you want to make in this world. Don't worry, I don't care what country, what state, what city, what neighborhood, what cul-de-sac or dead end. You can make a lot of money in this world. Because it's not because of the world system by which you can make a lot of money. It's God's system in you, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that will teach you how to get wealth. He'll teach your hands how to profit. He'll give you multiple ideas. You see what I'm saying? I love spending time with God. Every time, most of the times I spend time with him, I get brand new book ideas. I get brand new uh, uh, ministry ideas, concept ideas. I get new structures and systems that I don't even have to use right now. But when they're ready to be used, multi-million dollar ideas. 
Because spending time with him, he'll say, try it this way. Do it this way. Innovate that way. That's why spending time with him is so essential. So you can make the life you want to make in America today. My first question I have for you is, what does it mean to win with money? What does winning with money look like? What does winning with money look like to you? Yep. So a winning person with money, they're able to help those in need. Someone that's winning in money is able to do what? Or what is winning with money like to you all? Being able to donate. Yep. So help other people donate. <clears throat> What's some of the things that we talked about earlier this week or last week? Generations. Generations. Oh, generational wealth. Why do you think, and I, I, I'll play a video later on, and I, I found this video, um, I might play it now if I can find it. Um, I'm going to play it right now. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Oh uh, man, where is that? YouTube. Let me see. Nah, not on me right now. Somebody's room. I say my name, I need one thing. 
first part. Like there's, my name is Joshua Ezzy, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I did that do this with you all. Probably didn't. Okay, good. There's two names. What's the difference between the first name and the last name? What they represent. Joshua represents me. Ezzy represents my legacy. How I take care of Joshua will determine everyone who bears Ezzy's last name. For instance, I don't care what your dad did with your last name or what your mom did with your dad's last name. You can reverse that. You have to start thinking legacy. You have to start thinking, okay, for me, you know, I I play for Team (laughs) Ezzy. And when my wife and I got married, I gave her my jersey. And what's on the back of her jersey? Ezzy. When this baby girl comes out of that womb, soon as, eh, first thing I'm going to do, put a jersey on her. You and Ezzy. She can't take that away unless she gets married. But I got to make sure that I increase the value of this last name. It's crazy when you think about it that most of these companies are named after last names. What do rich people do? They keep it in the family. Was poor people focus on this? Rich people focus on this. Poor people focus on their first name. How can I make Joshua look good? How can I make Joshua great? How can I make Joshua big? No, wealthy people focus on that last name. Pillsbury, I mean, name them. McDonald's, no matter where we shop, that's some family. And you got to start thinking not more about Joshua or your first name, you got to start thinking, okay, because the more I think about my last name, I'll make my first name great. Because I want to be that grandfather that I don't I don't want to be that granddad that grandkids don't want to visit. <laughs> I don't want to be that dad where I got to beg my kids to come see their dad. I wanted to be where that last name is such a magnet that my own daughter will have that man say, you got to have a great last name for me to switch Ezzy out for whatever your last name is. That's why some women hyphenate. <laughs> because, fam, I don't know if your name good enough yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? So this video was just giving us insight about, hey, man, I got to take care of, of, of more than just me. That I got to win with money. And sometimes you may be the one that put in the most work. And you have to put that work in so that your children won't have to work but so much. Now, that doesn't mean you want to raise kids that waste money. See, wealth is more than just making money for them to have. 
The goal of making wealth is to help them manage the money with the right mindset so that the money can continue. How long has Wells Fargo been in existence? Pillsbury been in existence. Versace's been in existence. Bugatti has been in existence. Like some of these may go 40 years. And now the businesses are still sustaining the family. Poverty creates individuals. Wealthy wealth creates family. And if you have an individual mindset, then you will look good while your kids still got crumbs on their cheek and crust in their eyes and barely have anything nice to wear. But you look good. I'd rather look. I want to look the worst in my family. <laughs> I love my wife with her, whatever bag she wants to. Whatever. You look good. I don't mind wearing stuff from Goodwill. <laughs> Most of my shirts, my, I go to Goodwill. Hey, you spend the money. I'll go to Goodwill for me because. I want to make sure you're happy because that energy floods into the baby and that floods into my legacy. So you got to start thinking, okay, am I setting myself up to win with money? It says, another question is, what does it mean to have your money work for you? Now, I love this part. What does it mean to have your money work for you? Every single dollar. I don't have cash. Look at these kids. Hustle me. Mr. S, can I have a dollar? And my, I have such a big heart, man. Take a dollar. And when they, see, when they see that dollar come out, it's like a rush of sixth graders talking about, can I have a dollar too? But either way, <clears throat> every dollar is an employee. Every dollar you got to look as a worker. Every money that comes in my life, I got to put them to work, right? Working, making your money work for you means... Can I sleep and still make money? Right now, I'm teaching you. I'm making money off YouTube right now as I speak. Someone is buying a book right now as I speak. Somebody is booking a coaching session as we speak. Somebody is doing something for me. My money is working for me while I'm serving you. That's the life you want. You want a life where you have multiple revenue streams, where you can be at your main job, but your main job ain't your main job. It is the main job to make the other jobs grow. So what happens when you're a little boat? Little sailboat, right? You have other boats out there, right? What happens when a storm comes and the waters rise? What happens to all the boats? Fine. They go up. When it starts raining and the waters rise, all the boats rise. What that mean? The more boats I can put out there on the water, businesses, ideas, concepts, when the viral video goes off or when success goes for you, all your ideas rise. Right now in my life, I probably have about 15 to 16 revenue streams. That's nine books. Four card games, YouTube, this job, some investments, um, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, speaking engagement, 16, uh, life coaching, 17, um, and, and maybe that's it, right? So that's 17 revenue streams, right? I'm not worried about these revenue streams. Why? Because it requires my time for money. People say time is money. That's a lie. Time is not money because that means if I have to make money while using my time, I lose what? Time. The goal is to make money without spending much time. So the goal is how can I utilize 
YouTube and all this different stuff to cause these to rise or investments to rise. So all it takes is one viral video. All it takes is for um, one thing to take off in my, in my coaching courses. So these, these are the things I want you to focus on. Coaching courses, it's videos I've already done. These are things that are already done. That means a thousand people can sign up right here at $14.99 a month. And how much is $14.99 times a thousand? $14,000. So if a thousand people signs up for one of my courses at $14.99 or $40.99 or $124.99, while I'm teaching here, something, something can go viral right now for me, right? That means every month I can make $14,000 a month all the, way, all the way up to $40,000 a month. If my books cost $16 on, on uh, Amazon, right, and I make uh, $6 profit per book, and I sell 20,000 copies in one night, how much is that? If I sell $20,000 in one day off a book I already done, I can make up to what? $120,000 in a day. The goal is to create something that's already done and allow and God's time for those things to rise. If you're going to waste time online, make sure that online investment makes you money offline. So if you're sitting there watching YouTube videos all day, but not making no money from YouTube, then you're doing the game wrong. <laughs> if you're going to be online, if you're going to be whatever, at least find out a way. OK, God, how can I make money with this? Because your intention is currency. Why do you think as soon as you start talking? Yesterday I was talking. I just, I'm, I'm finally about to get an upgrade on my phone. I'm about to get the iPhone 13 Max. I'm about to get the 13 Max, okay? You right? Huh? You I mean, you don't want this. Oh. It's cracked and stuff. Oh, I'll get it fixed. I see what I can do. <laughs> At the price, right? <laughs> Economics class. You know? <laughs> what I'm saying is, so as soon as I said 13 Max, what popped up on Amazon? 13 Max cases. It's crazy how your phone listens to, but they all they, they know where your attention is. Therefore, they put ads for your attention. Right. So attention is currency. So if you're going to pay attention, why do you think they call it pay attention? Because attention is currency. You're paying attention. And if I have your attention, I now have your pockets. So the goal in life is how much time can I spend to create intellectual property, to create ideas that and I leverage my time to create advertising videos and videos to articulate my product. And then all of, a, all of a sudden, when those products take off, I can literally in any given time make between $100 a day to a potentially having $120,000 a day. All because of something I created already. Imagine if you started creating intellectual stuff right now. Books, card games, courses. Names, what is one thing that you're very good? Oh, we talked about this. I don't want to put your business out there. We talked about it. But what are some things that you can say, you know what? I can leverage YouTube for. I can leverage a podcast for. I can leverage uh, um, uh, trainings for to make money off of my gifting. Then flip it into a resource that will gain me more money. So that's what it means to make your money work for you. I want to be a multimillionaire by 40. I have four years to do it. Right. That's a good time. So I don't have time to waste if I want it by 40. Right now, with four years to spare, I don't want to wait till I'm 40 to get. It. I want to get it by 37, maybe 38. You see what I'm saying? 
But the goal is I got to begin to think correctly about making my money work for you. So think about two minutes or 30 seconds. Think about what type of ideas inside of you right now is a gold mine. Inside of each and every one of you is a gold mine. And if you just dig enough inside of you enough, you will find wealth in you. Wealth is not made outside of you. Wealth is made from the inside of you. Saying, okay, what ideas do I have? Do you know there's people, I heard a guy, he was talking about, there's a guy who makes almost two to $300,000 uh, um, a quarter. Some, I don't know if it's a month, but he makes a lot of money a month teaching people how to play like Madden 96. Or some game. Like he has an ebook that teaches people how to play an old game. So it doesn't matter how small the niche is. There's probably tens of thousands of people interested in a little small thing. So if you love baking and you bake a certain way, you say, you know what? I can even create an ebook on baking cakes and that can take off. There's people literally making millions of dollars off of stuff that you would never be interested in. But there's a village for every vision. There is a village for every vision. No matter how small the vision is, there's a big village for it. What that means is this. I don't have to talk about everything. I could just talk about specific things. And there's a village that will listen. So if you have something inside of you, baking uh, in the medical field or in athletics and training and, and how to change schools, do you know what I'm trying to leverage? Why do you think God has me in schools? Right now, I came from a public school. I have ideas for public schools right now that I'm about to leverage that can make me a millionaire within the next six months. Because how many kids go to public school? How many schools got grant monies they're ready to spend? So I'm not going to sit here and be like, God, I'm waiting for you to drop money. God don't drop billions of dollars in people's lives. He drops billion dollar ideas. Because if God gives you a billion dollars today, you will waste it by this time next year. But if I give you a billion dollar idea and you work that idea and you become mature and you become strong in it, you can become a billionaire. But it's all about the process. And so right now you got to say, OK, yes, I got school. Yes, I got practice. But I got to start working this. Why do you think reading is important? Do you know your brain is a muscle? And fellas who lift weights, if you don't if you don't do the tries or the buys, if you don't if you don't lift, what happens to the muscle? It gets weak and doesn't grow. Imagine not reading. Do you know reading builds your mind? Like, yes, reading may be boring. And why do you think they make reading or reading is boring to a certain demographic? It's because it weakens the mind. If you if you're entertained more than you if you enter, if you allow yourself to be entertained more than you do reading, you're dumbing yourself down. Your brain has to be worked. That's why I love solving problems. I do puzzles, crossword puzzles. I do stuff to keep my brain sharp. I read books to keep my brain sharp. And so that's why I say reading is fundamental. Because if you don't work this muscle right here, you won't be sharp. I mean, reading will literally affect you on the basketball court, on a football court. Solving puzzles will make you more, more uh, problem solving. You'll be able to solve problems. You'll take initiatives on the field. You'll know what angles to come at, all because your brain has been worked out. So if you work your brain muscle as you work your athletic muscles, you'll be surprised how far you will go. 
And that's why they want you attached to these phones because they dumb you down. They say that humans right now have a smaller or lower attention span than a goldfish. They say goldfish has a longer attention span than humans do now. Why do you think they make videos 15 seconds long now? Think about that. The Bible says in the last days, people will not be able to endure sound doctrine. What that means is people's brains will be so shrunken to 15 seconds that if you try to explain something that may require 15 days to learn, they won't have the capacity to learn. So if all you are used to are 50 second videos, <laughs> we all guilty of it. When it gets a little too long, we, we, we get out the video. If it ain't 15 seconds to two minutes, then we're like, ah, I'm out. I can't even I can't even watch an hour long. I can't even listen for an hour long. Right. But something's going to take hours for you to learn. Right. Uh, let's see what else they got here. Uh, let's look, analyze and reflect. Verse number one. Let's write this. Right. It says, how do you think learning about personal finance can help you in your future? And right now. So whatever answer you want to write there. Write out. How do you think learning about personal finance can help you in the future? You can write that in your book. How does learning about personal finances right now, how will it help you in the future? Take some time to write that down. Give y'all a couple of seconds, a few seconds, and then we'll get a couple of people to share what they wrote. Anybody want to share what they wrote? Go ahead, Chess. Anybody else? One more person. Let's go to number two. It says you can start life after high school with a clean slate. How does knowing this affect your perspective of learning about personal finance? Clean slate means like starting over. It's like I don't even care about my mistakes in the past. I have a clean slate, clear slate. Yeah. Oh, clean slate. Yeah. So what that means is you don't have to repeat what your family members have done. You can literally start off the right way. You can be the first generation of wealth, no matter how difficult that might be. And that's difficult to be the first to to be a, a multimillionaire or successful. But you can start high school with a clean slate. You don't have to have no debt. You don't have to have no problems financially. You can start off strong and redo or reverse the wrongs in your family's life. All right, so we'll get right into it. So the learning objective for this lesson is this. And I think we still have, what, 30 minutes to go. Learning objective. So let's go to the next page. Describe what personal, pers- personal finance is. And also another learning objective is to analyze personal finance as it relates to the normal American family. The main idea is learning how to manage your money now will help you avoid the financial mistakes most people make. And that's how you win with money. Do we have readers in the room? People like to read. If not, I'll read. I don't want to force y'all to read. 
Yeah. You want to read? Oh, let's go ahead and read. The first paragraph? Yes, uh-huh. Welcome to the course that has the power to change the trajectory of your future. In some classes, you might wonder if you ever use what you're learning once you leave school, but not in this class. Sure, we'll talk about some stuff that's a long way off, like buying a home and investing for retirement. But you can start using a lot of what you're about to learn right now in your life. Sounds great, right? Keep going. What is personal finance? Personal finance is just your personal finances and what you choose to do with your money. It's all the money decisions you make every day, like figuring out where and when to save and spend your cash. When you make the right choices, you're managing your money. But the wrong choices can lead to your money problems managing you. Once you understand how earning, budgeting, saving, spending, and giving affect your money, you'll have all the tools you need to make the right choices. And that's what's good. That's what good personal finance is all about. Being financially literate is having the knowledge and skills you need as a consumer to be able to manage your money well. It says you'll either manage your money or the lack of it will always manage you. That is, if you don't remember anything about this, remember that. Life is about management. Management means I'm able to steward well. I'm able to manage it with growth, right? It says you will either manage your money or the lack of it will always manage you. What are some examples of money problems managing a person? Debt. Debt. You said debt? Debt. 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 As in, you better pay because you yeah. own money. How many people go into debt just to get furniture, get TVs, you know, uh, get in debt to get a car they can't afford? They get in debt and they have to spend all their life to reverse that. Student loans. Student loans? Oh, yeah. Got student loans and a degree you're not going to use. That's, that's crazy, fam. So the goal is now for, for, for everyone in here, say, if, I'm gonna, if college is an option, let me tell you, there's three exits out of victory. There's three exits that I want you to get out of this school. Either you're going to go into higher education, that's college or trade school, or you're going to go into entrepreneurship. Who knows what that is? Yep. Or expertise. You don't want, no matter where you go, you're going to have to exit one of those three ways. Some people are going to go to college, they're going to go to college and play football, play basketball, they're going to go to college and get on a scholarship, they're going to go to college for medical school, they're going to go to college, and that's fine. But college ain't for everyone. Some people are just going right into making money, hustling and making money the right way, entrepreneurship. Or some people are going to go into an expertise, welding, carpentry, None of, no exit is the wrong exit, but at least exit into one of those, right? Because if you exit into one of those with the mindset now then you would be able to say, I know what to do with my time where I don't have to go to college and spend 40. Listen, most people go to college to figure out what they want to do. That's dumb. You should know what you want to do before you leave here. That's my responsibility working here is to give you some clue of what you could do before you leave here. Right. Continue reading. Sweetheart. You'll be our reader for the year. I'm just <laughs> Words of wisdom. You'll either manage your money or lack of it will always manage you. Just think about your current money situation. 
You might have an income from a part-time job, or your parents may pay you for doing chores. What are you doing with your money? If you just put it in your pocket and spend it without a plan, you'll probably end up running out of money, fast. But if you make it a habit to plan and set goals for your money, it will last longer. And you could end up actually paying cash for your own car and paying your college debt free. Mm -hmm. Let's keep going. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. A giant debt problem. Does the idea of buying a car or going to college without borrowing money shock you? Of course it does. That's because almost everyone you know uses debt to pay those things and more. Here's the deal. On the surface, it looks like most people are doing really well with money. They have nice houses, fancy cars, expensive jewelry, and all the latest technology. But they can't really afford those things. They are using debt to pay for it all just to keep up the appearance of success. That's what's known as keeping up with the Joneses. And it traps people in a cycle of debt. We'll stop there. Keeping up with the Joneses is a term where you look outside of your life and you see something that you, you see someone that you think has a better life. And you'll say, well, if I have what they have or look like they look, then I can be accepted. All right. And like I said yesterday, if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. Right. The mentality that you have to have is I don't care what kind of clothes I have, what shoes I got, I have, what phone I have. I got to make sure that I have what I want to have down the road. Last, two years ago, when I first came to school here, <laughs> I forgot what phone. It was a 5S, a little small phone. Kids was laughing at me. This is at elementary. I work at Briarwood. And they was laughing. They was like, Mr. Ezzy, why won't you upgrade your phone? Your 5S, you got a little small phone. At least my small phone works. <laughs> your phone off. My 5S on. So while people are picking on me, kids, sometimes got to check them early. When they picking on you, you're like, man, can you, can you, let me see your phone. Let me call your dad. Nah, Mr. Ezzy, you're doing too much. No, nah, let me call your dad on your phone. Mr. Ezzy, my phone ain't even, my phone don't even work. I said, so. You can't laugh at someone that has what's less than what you have because I'd rather have something little that works than a big thing that doesn't. So when you look at life, you can say, you know what? I can live without the newest Jordans. I can live without the newest this or that. I can live without that. Because when I live without it, I can then live with it if I want to. And so a lot of people, they get into debt to look appeasing to people who don't even like them. Mm. When you don't like you, you would try to do good or try to look like the people that don't even like you. Then all of a sudden, now you're just gossiping about each other and there's this competition about who has the most. Keeping up with the Joneses is unrealistic because of who are the Joneses? <laughs> we don't even know what... So, for instance, I tell a lot of... When I life coach couples... And um, I'll talk to them individually or single people. And I'll talk to them and they'll say, well, I wish I was married like them. I said, you don't even know what their marriage is like. Are you a fly on the wall? Are you a hidden microphone in their house? Can you hear everything that goes on? There's a lot of women and men who smile outside but slapping each other in the house. A lot of people that look good at church. And then you'll think, oh, that's those. Listen, let me tell you something about counseling here. I go to church with some of these people's parents. And the stuff they tell me upstairs, I'm like, those your parents? You mean to tell me 
They don't make me look at them differently. It just makes me be like, man, y'all look like y'all the happiest family in the world. But when the little girl comes upstairs, the little boy comes upstairs and they tell me what's going on in the house. And I see insecurities all through these hallways and I see them chasing every little boy and the boy. Ch- and I see all this stuff. I'm like, something ain't wrong with the house. So we can envy and be like, I want what they have. But you don't even know how they got it and if they're going to even keep it long. It's crazy how single people envy people in relationships that only want to be in a relationship for three years. Because they post on Instagram all the wedding pictures, all the cake, all the good stuff. And then you're sad online talking about, I wish I had somebody. <laughs> all right? And then all of a sudden, three years later, they divorced. So what did you envy? You envied the look of love, but you didn't really find love, right? So keeping up with the Joneses, here's the deal. On the surface, it looks like most people are doing really well. That's the surface. I don't want surface. I want substance. I want substance. What's the difference between surface and substance? Substance has meaning. Substance has meaning, yep. And surface is what? Just superficial. Superficial. How many people in this school right now are surface people and not substance people? Are you a substance person or a surface person? If we really dug just another foot down, would there be anything there? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There are certain lands, you look at it in the Bible, it was, uh, who was it? It was, um, man, Abraham and his brother, um, uh, Lot. Lot looked outside and saw milk and honey and green grass and cattle. He said, I want that land. Abraham said, Lot, you can have that land. Abraham got his land. End up being Lot land with Sodom and Gomorrah. Who knows anything about Sodom and Gomorrah? Sodom and Gomorrah was so bad that when angels came down to talk to Lot, the men of that town preferred those men over Lot's daughters, meaning they were gay. The Bible says, as in the days of Noah and as the days of that, well, so would the life be like now. So what I'm saying is, is that he envied, he got the land that looked good, but wasn't good. There's a lot of men that's going to look good. A lot of women that's going to look good. A lot of jobs is going to look good. A lot of college is going to look good, right? A lot of schools is going to look good. And when you get over there, you be like, man, it was all looks. You want to be a person that says, you know what, Holy Spirit, is this even what I need to have? Because insecure people are loud. Confident people are quiet. If you hear them before you see them, they're probably insecure. Because loud people have to be seen to make themselves feel full. Confident people are like, I'm straight. I don't even got to make a noise because my presence makes enough noise. So you have to think about that. Um, let's keep going. Debt doesn't open doors. It closes them. Go ahead. Swear I read. Let's keep reading all the way through until the end of debt isn't the only problem. In America, 72% of people say they are burdened by consumer debt. The average borrower has over... 34,000 of debt, not including a mortgage. As the chart below shows, debt is definitely a problem. When do you say it's to stop? Oh, keep going. Oh, the whole page. Fill up the whole page. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But debt doesn't have to be a problem for you. Living patient to patient. All the debt leads to another brief problem. Living patient to patient. Almost 80% of Americans use all the money they got from one patient just to make to the next because a big chunk of every patient goes to their monthly debt payments 
they can save any money for emergencies or big purchases. So they go even deeper in debt to pay for those things too. It's a never-ending cycle that's difficult for many to break. We'll stop there. Paycheck to paycheck is dangerous. Even if you have a big paycheck to paycheck. There's some NBA players that get $250,000 a game. <laughs> go to the club and ain't the same. Money gone. So no matter what your paycheck is, paycheck to paycheck, you got to say, hey, man, am I living above my means? That's a big number. 80% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, 80%. 80% means that if, if the jobbing market gets crazy and people go two to three months without a paycheck, but you live paycheck to paycheck, what happens after that? It's going to be a bunch of people in the streets. A bunch of people poor. Because if I'm hanging on to every paycheck and I'm making it to paycheck to paycheck and I barely have this much money wiggle room, you got to have a big money wiggle room. <laughs> you can't have a small money wiggle room. Why is a small money wiggle room not good? Anything. Car failure. Car uh, stops working. Uh, uh, um, something blows up at the house. You know, anything can happen anytime. And if you live in paycheck to paycheck... And that paycheck, you just got paid today, right? Yeah. And then your next paycheck will come in another two weeks. Ooh, yeah. A big emergency happens that Monday. You have to wait a whole nother week and some change. And you don't have to live those problems. You can say, you know what? I don't want a paycheck to paycheck. I want my paychecks to paychecks. <laughs> I want my paychecks to create checks. I want my paychecks to be double form. So the money I make here... It goes right to my to, to my living expenses and then it gets right into investments. Then I'm like, OK, how can I make this money work more? Because the more I make more money, then no matter what happens, I can pull out a pocket. All right, man, fix the car. All right, fix this versus, oh, man, how am I going to get this? And some people, because they wasted their teenage years, their 20 years, all of a sudden they sit up at a job that they need. You never want to be in a situation that you desperately need. Because you're giving that person too much leverage. Right now, my wife can quit today if she wants to. She loves to work because she's a worker. But my job was to make sure that anytime she's ready to quit, she can. Because one thing you don't want your woman to have is have pressure to work. Right? Because if you want, if you want to raise good children, if you, I'm just saying if a woman can work. There's nothing wrong with women working. But they should have the option not to work when they marry a good man. She'd be like, babe, I want to take five years off. My boss tripped your, mom, your, your wife can go off on the boss. My man got money. I don't even, I'm out. I quit. She can quit. When they start mistreating her, she can quit. Right? And so that's what you got to think as men. Okay, I got to create a financial culture where even if my wife just wants to be with the kids for a couple of years, she can. And also women got to make their own money as well so that nobody, so she won't be looking for someone to save her. She can say, I got my own. There's nothing wrong with a woman having her own because when she has her own, she, don't have, she can't be pulled by somebody trying to hustle her. She can be like, I don't need you. I got mine. Now we can put ours together and make something better. But if you're trying to make me a subservient of you, I got my own. Any questions? We're done for today. I think we done talked. We done said enough. Any questions? Thoughts? Opinions? Good stuff. You said what, bro? God gets the glory, bro. It's good stuff. Well, thank y'all for listening. And y'all can chill, talk. It don't matter to me, man. <laughs>